Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the More to Movement podcast. Today's show is about two exercise postures that if you're not doing, you probably should start. In my opinion, I think these postures are absolutely stellar and they make a huge difference. And so I'll chat about why these variations are so impactful and I'll give you 10 total benefits, five for each one for you to consider so you can determine what's right for you and your goals. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. What's up, movers? Glad you could join me for another episode of More to Movement. To start out, I have a question for you to consider. Can you think of a functional activity, a sport, an exercise, any movement really, that does not depend on adequate trunk engagement and stability? Probably not, right? I want you to think of a peanut butter sandwich. That's a pretty quick change right there, isn't it? Think of a peanut butter sandwich. Just go with me here. If you leave the peanut butter out of a peanut butter sandwich, what keeps the top and the bottom together? The peanut butter connects the top and the bottom and the same goes for the trunk. The core musculature is essential for not only connecting but transferring force between the upper and lower body. I know you didn't know what I was, where I was going with that peanut butter analogy, did you? But it's a good visual for what the trunk does for the upper and lower body. And the literature shows growing support that the muscles of the back, the pelvis, and the legs don't work in isolation, but are interconnected. Studies have indicated that increased abdominal muscle activity increases hip muscle activity and has shown the impact trunk muscles and pelvic stability have on preventing lower leg injuries. Further, studies have even indicated that poor trunk strength and control are actually associated with risk factors for leg injuries. So it seems apparent that improving trunk and hip muscle coordination and pelvic stability is a no-brainer, but how can we target these adaptations? Typically, people think of abdominal work, so ab work, and it's great, but typically not adequate. Crunches, Russian twists, and leg raises have their place for sure, I'm not knocking them but those are still relatively isolated. In traditional compound lifts, though core in nature due to the braced positions and working loads may not quite cut it because the legs can easily overcompensate for any weaknesses in the integrity of the trunk and the hip. So again, not knocking the squat or the deadlift or the lunges are great. But again, just as I said, sometimes those legs can overcompensate for any abdominal weakness or any core stabilizer weakness. But what if we could find a way to challenge the smaller core stabilizers that typically get overlooked? What if we could improve the engagement interaction of the pelvic and trunk muscles and enhance balance and coordination in multiple planes without the influence of the overpowering upper or lower body muscles and their momentum? Right? Sounds good? Well, enter the tall and half kneeling postures. That's what we're focusing on today the tall and half kneeling postures. Before I jump into the benefits of these postures, let me provide a visual for each of these if you've never done them before. Tall kneeling is where you are on both knees, typically with a shoulder width or slightly wider shoulder width stance with your feet together. If you need 
uh, to kneel on a pad or anything, that's fine. Just go for it because you can still maintain this good tall kneeling position with some padding. For a visual, your knees and feet, if you were to look straight down, form a triangle. Your hips are extended, so you're squeezing your glutes, and you're stacked from head to knee. Of course, you have a braced core on that neutral spine in this posture. So the half-kneeling position resembles a lunge position, with both knees flexed at 90 degrees and about shoulder-width apart. Feel free to use a pad with your back knee if necessary. Again, just like the tall kneeling, if kneeling on the ground isn't great for the knees, use a pad. It's totally fine. Like the tall kneeling position, hips are extended, so those glutes are engaged, and your core is braced with a neutral spine. But additionally, keep your shoulders and hips squared forward. So if your uh, hip flexors are tight, so if you have hip tight hip flexors, you'll notice you may try to bail them out by rotating toward the back leg. So, so be aware of that position. We don't want to rotate towards that back leg. We want to keep those hips uh, and trunk neutral facing forward. To make this even more challenging, you can move to an inline position, meaning your legs line up straight from front foot to back knee to back foot. So a visual for this is to draw a line on the ground and get into that half kneeling position with both feet and that back knee on the line. That's an inline stance. So a little more challenging than your traditional half kneeling stance. On top of what I just discussed, these positions are considered transitional because they are in between the developmental postures of rolling, crawling, and planking, and then the ground-based postures of standing. So they're kind of in between. When we think about those primal patterns, those things that we learn early, we call it tra transitional patterns. Those are like crawling or rolling or even planking. And then where we think of full development, we think of those ground-based postures. So standing right there in the middle are these half kneeling and tall kneeling postures. So they're a great in-between and they help us relearn some of these uh, foundational patterns uh, that we sometimes forget as we age and, and we get into certain lifestyle habits. Most of us really only train the standing or seated positions. But it's good to continually revisit the foundational postures to reinforce movement patterns and emphasize stability and control. Both postures add a few elements that are worth considering. And I'll give you five reasons to consider adding the tall kneeling or the half kneeling postures to your training. So five reasons for each of these for you to consider. Hopefully by the end of this, you're bought in and, and you're sold on incorporating a little bit of tall kneeling or half kneeling exercises. So let's start with the tall kneeling. Number one, improves posture. This position forces you to engage more of the posterior chain, uh, the back muscles to maintain this posture, specifically the middle traps and the rhomboids of the thoracic area of the back, which will retract the scapula, pull the shoulder blades back to improve your posture. So number one, improves posture. Number two, great glute engagement. There's the key right there. Almost everybody needs more glute engagement and some people are after more glute engagement. So if glute engagement is your goal, you may want to throw in some tall kneeling exercises because being on your knees requires you to extend the hips to stay in position, which is primarily controlled by the glutes. Further, in that triangle position that we discussed, your hips are 
externally rotated. So our hips are externally rotated, which will put more emphasis on the gluteus maximus. So a little hack there. When we hit the glute max a little bit, we externally rotate the hips and we'll, we'll target that glute max just a little bit more. So number two was great glute engagement. Number three for the tall kneeling position, it increases spinal loading. Now, based on your training status, this may or not may or may not be for you. So consider where you are before loading this pattern. Consider most loaded patterns. You have your legs to help absorb and mitigate the load. So think of a squat, specifically a high bar barbell squat. So the, the barbell's up across the, the upper traps uh, and your legs are really absorbing and mitigating those, those spinal loads. But in the tall kneeling position, the legs cannot mitigate loads, forcing your trunk and core stabilizers to take control. This is a great way to improve integrity and enhance bracing during spine-loaded exercises. But again, let me caution you, consider where you are or your client is, if you're training, before loading this, right? So again, this is a, a great benefit if you are prepared for this or your client is prepared for this. But again, proceed with caution with this one. Number four, it's easier to identify movement flaws or discrepancies. So let's be honest with ourselves. Our legs do a great job of compensating for us. Think about any time you've had to stand for a really long time. How often do you move your legs into different positions to deal with the discomfort? Probably all the time. Most of us can't stay in a fixed position for very long. You'll notice that we'll be in different positions. We'll lean to one foot or the other. We'll internally or externally rotate one of the hips. We'll shift the weight to the front or the back foot. We might even shift our hips a bit. How often do you do that when you're standing? Our legs do the same thing with movement as well. A trained eye can catch movement discrepancies as they occur through kinetic chains, but a nice hack honestly, is to use this tall kneeling position. Without the legs, any hip, pelvis, or trunk discrepancies will stick out like a sore thumb, especially during rotation movement. So if you're a, a professional out there and you're looking at ways to really target the this musculature or, or look for discrepancies in movement, put your client in a tall kneeling position and have them move. Any discrepancy, again, through the hip, the pelvis, or the trunk will jump right out. It'll be a lot easier for you to identify. So that was number four, easier to identify movement flaws or discrepancies. And number five for the tall kneeling position, challenges balance, specifically reactions in the anterior or posterior direction, so the forward and backward uh, directions. Balance is a major component of the kneeling postures, and the tall kneeling posture emphasizes controlling forward and backward movement. Try holding a kettlebell or a dumbbell at thigh level standing. So stand up, grab a kettlebell or a dumbbell or just something heavy, something you got around, and just hold it. Just brace it there and hold it. And then repeat that same thing in a tall kneeling position. It's almost night and day. Since we don't have our feet and our legs to assist in those postural sways, the hips and the core stabilizers must work overtime to control the momentum in these directions. So again, great way to challenge balance, specifically in that forward or backward direction. So those were the five for the tall kneeling position. Let's jump into the half kneeling posture. 
Number one, challenges balance reactions in lateral directions. The half kneeling position challenges balance in the opposite direction of the tall kneeling position. So balance is challenged in lateral directions, side to side, as opposed to that front and back. And lateral balance is essential in helping stabilize the pelvis, especially during single leg positions, and helps maintain a neutral spine during movement. So adding this can be really beneficial. So that was number one, challenges balance reactions in lateral directions, that side to side balance. Number two, a narrow base of support makes larger muscles less likely to control movement. So as discussed earlier, our legs play a huge role in mitigating force and movement. In the half kneeling position, we narrow our base of support and we take away the impact of the larger leg muscles, which requires the hip and the trunk muscles to really kick in, which is another great reason to add this position to your training. If you're looking at ways to really engage those muscles without those legs, those dominant legs taking over the movement, the half kneeling posture is the way to go. So that was number two. Number three, improves contralateral transfer. This is a really big benefit of the half kneeling position. As we move, force is transferred from the lower body to the upper body and vice versa. And when we walk and rotate, this energy travels from one side of the body to the other and passes through the hips. So we talked about this when I went over uh, muscle slings in the last couple episodes, episodes I believe 21 and 22. So if you're interested in that and interested in some exercises to target uh, improving target targeted improvement on those patterns and on those slings, check out those episodes. The half kneeling position promotes this contralateral transfer and targets the stabilizers and the rotators of the trunk while stabilizing the hips, especially when we add rotation exercises to this half kneeling posture. So another great benefit of the half kneeling posture helps improve that contralateral transfer that's essential for efficient movement. Number four, it prevents overcompensation from the pelvis and the lower back. If we have muscle weakness or movement discrepancies, we tend to overcompensate at the hips, commonly with an APT, anterior pelvic tilt, or a hip drop. We, we see that quite often. We can even do this a bit with the tall kneeling position. So we can cheat just a little bit with that tall kneeling position if we, we put ourselves into that anterior pelvic tilt or even mini hip drop. But it's a lot more difficult to do those compensations in a half kneeling position. With that split stance, a major emphasis is put on the neutral pelvis to maintain stability. If compensation occurs, the change in leg or trunk position is very evident. The half kneeling position limits movement at the hips and encourages more engagement and control through the upper body and the trunk. So if your goal is to address the overcompensation or discrepancy that you or your client have, at the hips or the trunk, the half kneeling posture might be a really good way to go because of the demand for a neutral pelvis to maintain stability. So this is a great way to start addressing those discrepancies by integrating it into your training program. So just something to consider. Another good reason to use this half kneeling position. And number five, it can assist with improving hip mobility. Now, you all know it's no secret that the anterior hip is typically hypertonic or tight for most people. The half kneeling position will immediately stretch those muscles if they're tight, which by itself can be beneficial. So if you have tight hips, 
specifically tight hip flexors or anterior complex, you know that if you get down into that kneeling position, half kneeling position, and you rock into it, you're immediately going to start to feel that hip mobilize and open up. So remember that tissue adapts to position. The more we're in this half kneeling position, the more mobile we'll become in this position. So at the very least, this can be a passive way to improve mobility at the hips while improving trunk engagement. So it's kind of a win-win. Now add some dynamic movement to it and now we have a posture that not only challenges all the things that we talked about, but will also work on improving hip mobility as well. So it kind of does a little bit of everything. It's another great option, another reason to integrate the half kneeling position into your training. All right, to recap, let's start with the benefits of tall kneeling. Number one, improves posture. Number two, great glute engagement. Number three, increases spinal loading. Number four, easier to identify movement flaws or discrepancies. And number five, challenges balance, specifically reactions in anterior or posterior directions. Now for the benefits of half kneeling, number one, challenges balance reactions in lateral directions. Number two, a narrow base of support makes larger muscles less likely to control movement. Number three, improves contralateral transfer. Number four, it prevents overcompensation from the pelvis and the lower back. And number five, can assist with improving hip mobility. So there you have it, 10 reasons to consider the tall kneeling and the half kneeling postures. Now me, I use both of these postures in my training and it just depends on what I'm trying to target. I really suggest starting to get comfortable with these positions. Start by just holding these positions for several minutes, focusing on bracing your trunk and stabilizing your hips. Just focus on your breath and just focus on, on getting comfortable in these positions. Then when you're ready, add a load in the static position. Kettlebells are my favorite uh, and they're my go-to since they are easy to hold and they're easy to transition, but anything will do. If you don't have kettlebells, you can use anything, any type of load, but if you have kettlebells, they're an easy go-to there. Just hold these positions. Just focus on countering the weight and maintaining that neutral posture. I mentioned earlier, but a great start is a kettlebell hold in front during the tall kneeling. The kettlebell will pull you forward, so you'll have to engage the posterior chain and brace the trunk to maintain that position. And this by itself is a great way to challenge yourself in this position. It's a great place to start. If you've never done this before or you need to revisit it, that's a great place to start. Once you feel comfortable in these positions, then you can add uh, typical upper body movements you would do in a standing position, obviously with a significant focus on trunk and hip stability and coordination. So any type of rotational movement or pressing movement or even pulling movement are really, really good. Some of my favorites are adding single arm overhead pressing patterns and rotating patterns to enhance balance, coordination, and control. Uh, I do it for myself. I use it with any client that I've worked with. I love these positions. I suggest you give it a shot. So get creative, add intent, and have fun with it. All right. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, I say this every time, but it does. It means the world to me, and uh, I appreciate you. If you're digging this, if you dig this content, head over to moretomovement.com slash email to sign up for a weekly email with a dose of the means and the mindset to level up your fitness, 
movement, and life. And if you've been listening for a while, you also know that on the website, I have something called The Vault. And The Vault is just a collection of different tools and insights uh, to level up, again, your fitness and your approach to training. And you can get access to the vault uh, by signing up as well. It's password protected, so once you sign up, you get you get that password and you have access to to all that content in there that I reserve just for this community. So um, again, the link is moretomovement.com slash email. I look forward to chatting with you all next time. Thanks again for joining me. Take care of yourselves and remember, wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey.